Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. And welcome to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. And we can say live today because we made it live on Facebook Woo! and we are already having a good time. Those of you just getting here for the beginning, well, buckle up because we're going to have a wild ride. And the best part is it is going to drive Mary Fran nuts. I'm already going to rein in me and Gail. <laughs> it's one thing to have my lasso out for Kristen, but apparently I need to have the lasso out for both of them today. Back here. Let's get on track. So those that are listening on our eventual podcast, you can understand that I am smiling broadly <laughs> through the entire thing because it's the end of a long week and I love to do anything possible to drive Mary Fran crazy and keep her on her toes. So anyway, Gail, welcome. We've been Twitter friends for so long and now we're in sort of real life. <laughs> yes, this is exciting as Kristen. I'm a big fan of yours. So I'm kind of like, Pretty ex well, I am actually very excited about uh, being a guest on your show and meeting Mary Fran. This is uh, a new person to add to my stalking list. I will track you down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honored to be stalked by you, Gail. Thank you. Made so, my day. Awesome. Okay, wait. So where did we meet first in Madeline's Twitter Smarter chat? Well, I actually heard you on her podcast. So I oh, heard about okay. you. And then, so I'm not sure whether it was the podcast, the Twitter chat, it kind of all blurred, but it was Madeline Sklar. Um, Madeline Sklar, shout out to her. I am a big, big fan of hers because she has connected me to so many amazing people. And I heard your story. And one of the things that stands out to me, and I use this and people go, ooh, is that, <laughs> you know, people have sight, but not vision. And it's like, now I always give you credit for that, but that is a, that's just something I think that's so remarkable. So, and, and People we all have that reaction to Kristen a lot that, woo, but it's for different reasons. <laughs> well, for me too. Reasons. Some people, woo. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, Depends on the intonation of the woo. <laughs> and then it is all love. It is all love after the initial what is happening. Hey, look, I am half decaffeinated now. So oh boy, you're welcome, universe. You're welcome. <laughs> and I started so, cutting my own bangs in quarantine. Oh dear God! <laughs> See this? So Gail, this wait, just gonna get bigger. I don't even know where this is gonna end because I was thinking about that. It does need a trim, but it'll just be like as my my hairstylist always says. No, you need you can go bigger. So it's gonna be one day. It's gonna be like big hair. You, you won't have look. Here's the upside of that. You won't have to worry about a background because it'll just be you know all what? hair. Aha! Uh -huh. See now all that. Hair. There you go. There we go. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Before we get off on a complete tangent, <laughs> let's talk about who you are and what you do. You guys connected through Twitter, which I have to set, like full disclosure, self-confessions here. Kristen knows I am not a huge Twitter user. So um, despite yeah. Madeline Sklar and her amazing <laughs> you know, uh, um, amazing podcast that we did with her and all, I, it's just one of those platforms that I haven't yet 
really, I venture in occasionally, but not really well. So let's hear about your story. And if we're talking about the reset, rise and reveal, let's get into that too. Well, my story, I'll give you the well, somewhat condensed. So my background is actually in uh, journalism. So I started out as a journalist and then uh, I ran a bed and breakfast. I've been a fundraiser. I managed a marketing department. And then I now started my own business, Gail Now. And my business name, Gail Now, came from Twitter. I needed to come up with a name really quickly. I was going off to a conference. And so I said, uh, I need it now. Oh, Gail Now. And it was actually going to be just, well, I can change it later. And then over time, people actually started sometimes teasing me about it in a fun way. And I would, you know, go into meetings and they'd say, oh, it's Gail now. And I thought, huh, <laughs> this must be sticking. So I realized that, and now even, uh, shout out to my son, he actually teases me about it, but in a fun way with his friends. And his friends actually refer to me as Gail now. So <laughs> they're all helping build my brand. And that's what I have to say is that when you have something that um, people connect with, resonate with, run with it um so and it really it kind of ties into i think the universe did come along uh, on this ride because uh i often am like i believe now when can you do it now and um so it kind of works out to my company and my strategy and my belief in life is that you know if you have to get something done better get it done now well, and that's I one of our that. things. You have to take an action step. You can have all the, the resetting in your mindset and all that, which is our step one. But if you don't get into the rise part and actually take a step and do something, then it's not really going to get you anywhere. You're still going to stay stuck. So what is it that now, Gail, now is doing? <laughs> you've reset well, a lot of times, but now you've, yeah. you've settled into a, a pretty good rise now. Well, because of my background in journalism, uh, it really got me into thinking about what are my, you know, transferable skills. So I'm a big advocate for uh, that term and using all the skills that I've learned along the way. So that helped me with each of my career paths is using those skills around curiosity, communication, and being able to really connect with people. And it wasn't until I took a, a course uh, at Heroic Public Speaking and everybody was talking about what a great connector I was. And I don't even think I maybe knew that was what I was doing because I just love meeting people. I'm the person that's, you know, I'm in the shopping line. I'm uh, online with Twitter. And I just, if someone's interesting to me, I, I reach out to them and I ask questions and I connect with them. So, so that's what I've been really doing with my business is using all of those skills. And now I'm actually calling what I do crisis communications because I knew there was a need when we hit when this pandemic hit I saw that people really needed to you know how could they communicate more effectively and what's interesting is I'm really not doing anything different I didn't have to change a lot with my business plan because I do branding I do communications and I utilize curiosity well when you're developing a crisis communications plan you use those same skills so I went, luckily I have some amazing clients and they were very open and receptive and understood the need to, how could we um, not put our heads in the sand, but instead rise up and communicate. And the interesting thing about when you're communicating in any, whether good times or bad times, people want information. So even if it's sometimes not the best news, it's still being open and whether it's your staff or your customers, don't hide behind the bad news because 
I often say too, this is the hand we're dealt. Mm -hmm. So we have to work with it. These are the cards we have. How can we uh, build on that? So that's, that's what I'm doing right now is looking at how to communicate now, but also looking down the road because we are going to come out of this. I'm a great believer in hope and exactly what you both talk about is resilience. And if you have resilience, you got to plan for how to come out of this. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that you, well, two things you said to me that really struck a chord because of the things that we talked about, you talked about that you, you just automatically like to, to connect with people. And one of the things that we talk about with finding those skills and talents that you have is what's natural for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like, that's a, that's a natural thing for you. So we don't often think, again, we think in at least now you're Canadian. So I have to point out we're international. Woo! We're international now. But in this country, we have this like puritanical thinking where everything has to be hard or it's not worth it. You know, it has to be hard work. But the things that we are often the best at, those are the skills that we should be taking and building on. And you did that with your natural drive to connect with people. You know, that's a really good point because often even in when you're managing people and I've done this myself, like it's not, I was a manager for 10 years and you know, like anything, if I could go back and redo some things really it's about working to people's strengths because we can spend so much time trying to like, here's an example. I love Excel spreadsheets. I love, but I don't like creating them. So I didn't finish. <laughs> so okay. I know the value of them, <laughs> but no, here. no, but in terms of, and I even started to take a course and I, but that's not my gift. That's not my gift, but there's lots of people that I can reach out to and So I love the end use of Excel spreadsheets, but not creating them. So I started to take this course. That's not a good use of my time. So a lot of times we spend time on, you know, working so hard at things that find someone else that can do that. And instead, what I, I know now that I do well is I'm really good at connecting people to people too, which is, and sometimes people say, well, how do you monetize that? I go, you don't, it's because you there is no way to monetize doing something like that. It is about, um, you know, just enjoying doing it. And more and more when I'm doing things I love, then work comes to me and new experiences come to me. And I, this is the hardest thing. And I've seen so many people when they're starting a business, they're very focused on, you know, the billing and we do need to be paid appropriately. We need to not undervalue. I get that. But, I have got so many opportunities from doing things where I built the relationship first. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And working to our strengths for sure. Yeah. So that's that whole tribe thing. You know, Chris and I talk all the time about, um, you know, if, if something is not your brilliance, there's somebody that you know whose brilliance that is. Mm-hmm. Get them on your Let team. Them do it. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. But because then there's something in turn that you will be able to help them with. And when you put all these pieces together, you get the best of everybody. Even if you're good at certain things, you're not great yes. at everything. So, you know, you might be able to initiate something, but when push comes to shove, find those people who do it better and get them on your team. So like, uh, we love that strategy. I'll, and I'll bet you, uh, Mary Fran, that you're going to say the second thing that struck you was a skill is a skill is a skill. Was that your second yep. thing that you're going to yep. say? And yep. then Gail's talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, let's send Gail the t-shirt from yeah, exactly. 
The skill that's true. Skill. Yeah. That transferable stuff. Yeah. A skill is a skill is a skill. Where do you yep. take this thing that you're really good at and see what your other uses of it can be? Yes. You know, when I um I ran a bed and breakfast for a few years and I did everything like from soup to nuts, as they say, right? Including, <laughs> I mean, I was literally uh, soup and nuts. Literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you did soup and nuts. I did soup and nuts. <laughs> That it was biscuits and, uh, <laughs> but I did everything, you know, from scrubbing the floors, changing beds, cooking, planning, uh, setting up a website, setting up a 1-800 number. I was the first person to set up a 1-800 number, which I thought was kind of basic, but, and you know, that was a small thing I did and I ended up getting a lot of business because at the time 1-800 numbers were still relatively new. So people, and it was a human nature, people would call the 1-800 numbers first because they didn't want to spend the long distance. And it really was very inexpensive. It was the cost of one room to get my listing in a 1-800 number. Wow. So again, when, you, when I ran the bed and breakfast, in hindsight now, I said, that's my MBA because I yeah. learned everything, inventory, and it was on an island. So I had to do a lot of planning and uh, <laughs> getting the food in, planning you know, how much food I was going to need, uh, doing budgeting. I did, I did my own accounting. I had simply accounting because someone said, oh, it's easy. Uh, it was not because yeah. my brain does not think like an accountant and even just the whole credit debit. It took me like, what? It's the opposite. <laughs> so, and it, so little things less. So anyways, now I feel much more comfortable listening, you know, talking about accounting because I have used that program. Yeah. So yeah, those skills did me to this day. I use the skills from running a bed and breakfast, which seems like, who would think? But you know what? That's that's the kind of story that I really love to hear because it completely validates that idea that a skill is a skill is a skill. And and let's clarify here: you don't you don't necessarily have to be excellent at everything, nope. but but if you can open yourself up to these things and at least get a piece of it that gives you enough knowledge yes. to move forward, you know you don't again you don't have to be the expert at it but if you get enough knowledge to move forwards uh, it it's something that you're going to be able to rely on you you can rely on whatever that is further down the road even if it's only enough for you to ask a question like hey i know i have an idea about this to someone who knows about it, but can you clarify xyz for me and then suddenly you're on the path to making everything easier and more efficient through someone else's help but i love those examples of people who have these eclectic backgrounds <laughs> Because it also gives you, you know, one of the things that because I was scrubbing floors and cooking and cleaning, like it gives me a great deal of empathy and compassion to really understand what, um, you know, a lot of that, the, the uh, basic work that's involved behind uh, a service or a product. And that is, that is something we all need to sort of sometimes connect with. And even when I was managing and I like doing events and working at conventions and uh, that's something, again, a strength of mine. So I would sometimes, even when I was a manager, would go and work a table, sometimes at a golf tournament because it really, and I would from set up to tear down because it made me understand all the work was involved too. So when an admin or another person was setting up, I knew how much time it took. And it's not just, oh, you're only going to be there for two hours. Well, there was a lot more involved. And that really helps to understand and see things through, um, through other eyes, which definitely helps during this pandemic, too, to be able to see things through, um, you know, through a different perspective as well. Well, and also, 
it's got to be easier for you in terms of resilience and resetting and all that that you've done all the different you know from from the lower skills to the all the gamut and then it's like oh, okay now i'm back at zero and one let me let me redo and then climb back up because i think some sometimes people just get out of touch with some of that stuff and then when they have to start all over again it's like what and that, that's well, I think you don't get morning. discouraged too. You don't yeah. you don't get discouraged mm-hmm. in that process because you're like, all right, I, I can rebuild. I can I've been here before from the ground zero place. Yeah. Well, and resilience. The reason I was excited about being on this show too is that I mean, resilience is something that if you have that skill, that's right. You can recover. You can tap into it, but you have to build it up in good times too. And I think a lot of times, like it's not something that just you want to necessarily, it's a lot harder now you say, okay, I'm going to work on resilience because you might already be down. Right. So I often say when times are going great, that's when you have to remember to, uh, to be aware of how to build up your networks, how to build up your, um, the people that you can turn to and these skills so that when times aren't so good, that resilience, those skills that come from resilience, you know, emotional intelligence and compassion and, um, and understanding that, you know, even when times are really crappy, like you, you can't just throw up your hands either. I mean, and uh, at the same time, there is, everybody handles a crisis differently. So if you're struggling, it's really important. I do some work in consulting and mental health. So um, I get that I'm handling things differently than some other people. And it's not that I'm better than anyone else. It's just that's, this is where I'm at so that maybe I can help someone else that may be struggling. And we have to, I think, really be aware that uh, not everybody has resilience. And how can we reach out to help them um, and support them? Because, you know, it is, it is a time of uh, great difficulty. I would almost say that they all have it. They just don't know it. Because we, yeah. we're training is people go, oh, I don't know how. And we're like, wait a minute. Think way back. You know, we've even taken in, in the, just, just the webinar that we did this morning with Mary Fran and I. We were, we were saying, you know, go way back to when you first started walking and talking. Like some people have to go that far back. Did you quit? No. You know, when you fall, you get back up. You, fall. you have to almost break it down to be that simple that, you know, you've, we, I think we're born with it. It's just that we forget and we haven't tapped into it. See, this is why I have to figure out a way to say this in a way that's positive. I, I, I don't like all of the, the crisis and all of our kids right now are, are like, especially my teens that are feeling they have no control and they're feeling, you know, um, out of sorts. Mm-hmm. However, I think it is an amazing time for them to realize that they have resilience built in and we can guide them and help them uncover it because so many times, I mean, me too, but I see so many of my friends figuring things out for their kids so that when the rug does get pulled out from under them, they have no idea what to do because they've never uncovered their inherent skills. I don't know if I'm making that clear enough that what I'm trying to say, but I think it's an interesting opportunity for kids right now to see that we all do have the resilience. It's a matter of knowing it and knowing how to harness it to get through. You know, Chris, and that's a really good point because uh, I stand correct in that because often the work I do around curiosity, the same thing. It's not that curiosity is this great skill. We all were born curious, curious, right? So uh, oh, this yeah. is, 
there are certain things we, you know, that are innate. And then it's like creativity. We're born with that. Usually what happens through education systems, through sometimes, you know, how family systems, those things get almost beaten out of us. And, um, uh, you know, I, I use the example, you know, for resilience for myself, I could have, my life could have went a couple different directions because, you know, I grew up in a home with uh, an alcoholic parent and that could have, sent me down a different road, but I do believe in many ways, it, it also taught me so many great skills. I learned a lot of great skills growing up in that home that could have, I could have had a different uh, pers uh, perspective on that. And instead, I can now look back and go, oh, because of that, it helped me do, you know, ABC. And there was lots of things that uh, I'm now using those skills um, in a positive way. So that is amazing that you just said that because when you were talking about all the different jobs you had and you can reset like nobody's business, I'm like, what is in your background? <laughs> There's a, there it is. a long time ago. We, we all have a background. We all have a history. And sometimes, you know, that was something that, you know, growing up, um, I found workarounds, right? Because I didn't want people to come to my house. So what I did was, I think I learned a lot of great skills about connecting. And what happened was people would invite me to their homes for dinners. And, and so I learned, I think I learned some skills about, hey, how to get invited places. right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and also how to... And also how to connect because when you are missing something, right? I, so I, I developed these great relationship connections with, luckily, with some wonderful teachers. And that's another thing that's kind of sad about way, where things have gone now that teachers can't. I mean, I can remember going on a trip with a teacher and we got back to the school. And this was a male teacher who then drove me home in his car, right? But he was this most amazing mentor in my life. And, and it's too bad, I think, that now kids miss out on that because of, things have gone, you know, sideways in that area. But yeah. uh, I had some great mentor teachers. I had a lot of people throughout my life. And, you know, I can also look back and see my father in a different light and realize like he was doing the best he can. And the work I'm doing around mental health, I realize now alcohol was his way to deal with his mental health issues. I didn't know that then. Now I'm piecing together the piece of the puzzle to go, oh, that's what, that's yeah. where, how he landed. Yeah. And luckily, you know, I'm, I have, I think, you know, a good relationship with alcohol. I, I'm, I can take it in moderation. And, but the other skills I've learned, you're right, are those transferable skills that, um, you know, I learned to adapt and to focus and get my schoolwork done and uh, be a hard worker because those were all things that were also, uh, my father did give praise for. So I learned to adapt and uh, yeah. Yeah, I think when you I, I think when you give yourself the grace of distance from those experiences that might have been traumatic, because I think you know, Kristen and I, one of the things that we talk about is that a lot of this this hard won wisdom that we suddenly now seem to have came through some really, really challenging and painful times. But the grace of distance and time gives you an opportunity to look back on those experiences, especially as an adult, when you suddenly, you know, when you're a kid and people are supposed to be taking care of you and somehow they're falling short on that, you don't understand it. But when you get into the adult world and you realize, hey, this, sometimes this just sucks and it's really hard and all that, then you can look back on those people with a little bit more empathy and compassion. And I think that's the time 
when you can also then look at the experience and go, hey, like I learned some stuff from this. So when we can like look at things, Kristen talks a lot about perspective, when we can kind of look at things through that distance perspective lens, even things that were hard and say, okay, but what did I get out of this? Because there is something. We'll guarantee that there was something. Yeah. yeah. You no, guys have transferable skills. I love that you're saying transferable skills because now we have a scientific word for yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> now we can make it sound like we, yeah, we, we heard this from somebody who's got some kind of a degree somewhere. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> we can say the skill is a skill is a skill. It's transferable. We're going to add that. Well, and my background, actually, my degree is in journalism. So I did take journalism. And one of the things, too, that um, it's interesting how sayings and, and um, uh, things come to, you know, belief systems, right? So uh, in my last year at journalism school, we had uh, out to change the world, dot, 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 on deadline. And I always, that stuck with me. And then, you know, then I took her at public speaking. It was, you know, changing the world one speech at a time. And then I think that's the right one. And then on Twitter, I now use my own. I say changing the world one tweet at a time, because I also believe Twitter has a great role to play in terms of advocacy. But the reason I'm with my social media and the work I'm doing around communications all stems from my journalism background, which is about curiosity, asking questions, asking why, and mapping out kind of where you need to go. So with a story, that's what you're doing. You're looking at you know, how to tell a story. I was just on a call this morning. That's what we were talking about is that rather than jumping three steps ahead and saying, okay, I want to put a video together. I want to do a project. First, you have to step back and, you know, ask those questions and figure out where you want to go. And I'm always the person though, that's asking like 20 questions. So sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. And I, I will sometimes purposely hold back because I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to be the one asking questions after everybody already knows what they want to do. And along comes Gail saying, what about, and have you thought about this? And what are your goals and objectives? And it, sometimes people just want to go, just shut up and just, we want to do what we want to do. So I always say, it depends. Do you want success? Do you want to, you know, because I've done it without asking the questions and you get down the road, you put something together and then you realize, oh, that's not what the client wanted. And uh, I've, I've fallen down a few times. If I don't ask the questions, one way or another, I'm going to be in trouble. And I'd rather be in trouble for asking the questions up front. And yeah. the clients that I have now, I'm very grateful for. The people that I'm working with, uh, even though I'm sure they roll their eyes at times, but I do believe they appreciate my, uh, my passion because I ask a lot of questions because I care, not mm -hmm. because I just want to be a jerk about it. Yeah. See, I ask all kinds of questions because I have no idea. So I just ask <laughs> But when I started nine years ago with my nonprofit, I mean, it's in scientific research. What? I don't belong there. I was a third grade teacher. So I was like, oh, I have to like know all this stuff and I have to sound smart and I wouldn't say anything. Then I'm like, I'm never going to catch up. So, and then I just, I just donned myself the dumb question asker that the entire audience in a conference wants to ask. I always say to them, I got you. I'll, I, <laughs> I ask the dumb question. And then it's like, all these people come up, they're like, oh my God, I was thinking the same thing. Exactly. I got you. I got it. Well, you know what? You can't, you, you can't make assumptions right. about anything. You can't assume to know what other people are thinking. And, and then here's the other, here's the next part of that. And I would say that this is something that we have to carry with us too. Even when you think you know the answers, you still can't be married to the outcome. Mm -hmm. We talk about that a lot. 
Yes. Yes. That is so important. If I've learned anything, well, I've learned a lot, but one thing <laughs> I've learned is that, you know, I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I know the answer. I know where we need to go. And it's happened to me just in the last few days where I'm like, oh, I mean, even when I said, you know, people don't have resilience, it's like, and then Kristen made that point. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That is true. We are born with that. And we think we don't have, it. we think, oh, I'm not curious or People often say when it comes to my work, when I'm talking about networking, they go, oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not good. I'm, I'm an introvert. Some of the best connect, connectors and networkers that I know are introverts. Yep. Because they look at what I do. Because I love going into a room, you know, where I know nobody and I, that energizes me. But they do networking just differently. So they can go to, um, into a group or an organization and where they feel comfortable and they're very good at networking and they can do it online. They just maybe aren't so good with all strangers doing it. So uh, again, it's tilting that camera around a bit, looking at things from uh, a different perspective. A different lens. Yeah. Different that, lens. That, whole, yeah, yeah. that whole perspective. Surrounding yourself thing. with all the different types. I mean, I'm just thinking of me and my kids, we can enter a room. Now this used to drive me crazy that I was like, why is my one son, like I, me and my one son will walk in and the entire room knows us in five minutes, right? Me and my middle son. <laughs> my older son, he goes, now he's more of an extrovert too, but he will go one person at a time and have a conversation and meet all of them and know their entire story. But my daughter is the observer. She will sit back and observe. And then our conversations when we leave a place, it's unbelievable the information we all get. And it's, it's uncanny to me, which has taught me to make sure in my tribe are all those different kinds of people. Yes. You know, I, I always say it's like, you know, a soup or a stew. You want to have a mixture because when you're building a team, I always said, if I'm building a team, I don't want uh, five of me because oh God. we'd be that, sitting around. <laughs> it would Nobody wants up, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, nobody wants five of this. Nope. Yeah, so you need that, <laughs> that diversity. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I'm working on a, a, a task force right now with something called the Canadian Association of Mold Makers, which, is all, which is all manufacturing. <laughs> Again, I'm not an expert in that field, but what I am bringing to the table is a lot of questions and things from a different perspective. And they're certainly showing uh, much resilience when it comes to, you know, what's happening now. So even though times are tough, what they've done is they did this switch in some of the, uh, their plants where they're making now, you know, masks, they're making um, hand sanitizer dispensers, uh, they're doing hospital beds. So even though they may not have been doing that before, they're now adjusting. And to me, that is uh, the definition of resilience. And I did say I was going to give them a shout out today. So there you go. <laughs> Like the coolest stories that I love seeing in the news right now is all of these companies that are saying, whoa, they're not married to that outcome of this is yeah. our business plan. We don't know. They're going, whoa, what's the need right now? What's, and it's the, the, the community building that is happening right now is unbelievable from resilient companies that can reset like that. You know what? And that is true. And I, uh, and I will, I've already mentioned this. The other group that I work with is Canadian mental health association in Windsor, uh, Essex County. And uh, see how I got that into, <laughs> but um, lessons from you. The, the, the work I'm doing with them is really around encouraging how to build out that resilience from people because you know, 
during a crisis, again, we all handle it differently. And the work they're doing is amazing. They just opened up a new urgent care center. So it diverts people. Instead of people going to the uh, ER, there's another place they can go and mm -hmm. get help that still is urgent, that's not a crisis line, because some people still need to meet in person. So, and that was a collaboration between them and a local hospital as well uh, to try to um, answer, you know, uh, provide a solution. So definitely, now I also a big hashtag YQG supporter. That's the, um, the, the, the name on, that we use on, especially on Twitter, but on uh, social media platforms to talk about Windsor Essex County. And uh, one of the things that often is said about our community is that it's very resilient because we've been heavily reliant in the past on, you know, manufacturing, on automotive, and we've now done this, you know, change over to technology, uh, to adjusting during uh, this pandemic to create, uh, provide some of the medical equipment. So I'm not from here. I'm an import here from Niagara, another part of uh, Ontario, but I am a big supporter because I, I think that's why I'm, I'm drawn living here is that there is this sense of you know a lot of resilience and people that say you get knocked down well guess what you got to get back up again because laying down isn't going to get you anywhere yeah and it's the not about how many times you get knocked down it's about how many times you get back up That's yeah right they're the fun yeah. people they're the fun people I that yeah they, they are fun this is the best this is a very fun community <laughs> Mary Fran and I are always like, did you fail? Yes. Yes. Yay. Get crushed. Come party with us. That's our, that's our new line. We love a good screw up. Yay. Yes. And you'll both have to come here one day. One oh, that would be there. so fun. That would be you're so not fun. not that far away. You're, you're in um, Philadelphia. You're right? in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yes. Just hop, skip, and a jump. That's right. All well, right. I hate to say this, but we are, we're over a half an hour. We could oh probably go on and talk for another, another hour <laughs> and a half. So here's what I want you to do. Can you give us and can you give our listeners just a couple of tips, whether it be about your, the networking or the resilience or just a few takeaways and walkaways here. And then I want to know where people can reach you and find you because they clearly need to connect with you. Oh yeah. Well, uh, one of the things I often say is uh, own your power. And I heard this from a woman who passed it on to me. And at first I didn't know, she says, you need to own your power. That I believe if we all owned our power, whatever that is, that's owning your greatest gifts. And the other thing, especially on social media and when it comes to communications, and this is more for people that maybe aren't, you know, a company or an organization, but maybe an individual in your posting is that you can disagree without being disagreeable. And oh, I always try to use that as much as possible because we have enough already, you know, hurt and anger and angst around us. So, uh, you know, you can keep scrolling when you see something on social media, you don't have to stop and comment. And so those are, those are a couple of things I recommend, uh, in terms of, I would love anybody watching wants to connect with me. Twitter is my most favorite platform and Mary Fran, we are going to, you said yet. So you gotta get me on there. You gotta get, get me on a chat before you know it. Don't you start retweeting Gail before you retweet me. Let me just, <laughs> let me just make this clear here, lady. <laughs> Hey, so you know what I'm going to do immediately after we get off of this call, right? <laughs> So I'm on Twitter at Gail now and pretty much if you Google Gail now you'll find me I'm on LinkedIn as Gail Robertson uh, and please connect me say hello if you did or if you're watching this now and want to connect uh, I do use I, I probably not as much on Facebook to be honest in terms of other than it's more friends and family so Twitter LinkedIn Instagram I'm at Gail now one on Instagram because someone took Gail now and I don't know and they're not even using it uh, so anyways I've Gail now one 
um, yeah. And I'm even, well, I'm on TikTok, but just for fun and for. I'm on there with my dogs. Yeah. I know. They're crazy, but it's hilarious. I think TikTok is hilarious. It is. I wish if I had more time and, and I, and I'm going to shut up Mary Fran because we're right. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I will say this. What's good about TikTok is that it really shows you how we can use videos to a much greater extent. So even if you yeah. don't want to be on the platform, it says a lot about how videos will be definitely a part of the future. Your show is a great example of, you know, how you're being able to take something, you know, during a time like this and have a really positive, uh, and informational show and use Facebook Live and Zoom. I'm fascinated. Yeah. I, I think kudos to you for doing this daily too. That's that's not easy. Yeah. It's Mary Fred's dream to see me every single day. day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> every day. Well, if you need a guest host anytime, <clears throat> call me. <laughs> Yeah. I got, I'm keeping a list. She is keeping a list. It. I'm like, I see the little twinkle in her eye and I see that pen go like, oh, <laughs> I'm keeping a list. <laughs> if you need to rest one day, just give me a call. <laughs> it's so oh much God. fun. This is even more fun than we have on Twitter. I'm so glad that you came on here today, Gail. Well, thank you for the invite. Sure. I felt very privileged to have the invite. So thank you. I am, I, I am truly honored because you are, I am a big fan of yours. So. Oh, well, thanks. it was a pleasure meeting you. We, it was a delightful conversation. So thank you for joining us. Okay. And thanks to, to Madeline Sklar for connecting us through her Twitter chat and uh, go follow her too and follow yes. you now. And uh, we'll see y'all next time on Brilliantly Resilient Live. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.